0: Hey, it's Alana. And Jacqueline. And we're back for another episode of Black and Yellow. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Trigger warning, I have to give (laughs) that straight away. So uh, we are talking about a very hot-button word. Some would say it is the ultimate slur, the ultimate insult. Today, we are talking about the N-word. So Uh if that is a word that makes you uncomfortable or you simply cannot stand hearing that word for whatever reason... I hope that you will push pause on this podcast, do just a small amount of soul searching, figure out what it is about that word that makes you uncomfortable, why you just don't want to hear it and maybe have a hard time when other people say it, digest that. And then push play again on this podcast and just listen to what we have to say about the slur itself. I promise you, we are not going to drag you through a big history (laughs) lesson on the word. That's just not our style. But we are looking to provide a little bit of insight into how African-American people use the word, how the different generations use the word. And um, specifically, Jackie asked me a couple of weeks ago, why I don't use the word. It's not a word that I uh, regularly use in my everyday life. It's not a mainstay in my vernacular. Mm. That being said, I am no perfect black person. I definitely (laughs) used that word when I was younger. uh, I use it from time to time, sometimes in my closed black circles, whether it's to feel connected or maybe for comic relief or Uh just to feel rebellious. But all of that said, it's not a mainstay for me, but your question did make me think. Yes, because I obviously,
1: not being black, I have a very different opinion about the word and just being an outsider, sort of seeing how music and the media and growing up around people who did use it a lot Mm -hmm. um, and the culture behind it, like modern day culture behind it, I've I've always found really fascinating. And I've seen a lot of things of like, you know, um, like is it okay to use it if you're not black if you grew Mm. up with black people if you've been saying it around black people and they've never had a problem with it you know like if you're white and you were you know part of a gang and Mm -hmm. you you know like all this stuff that just sort of I've seen and witnessed firsthand um that I find fascinating and I just I wanted your opinions on it and totally
0: definitely well I think it's For me, this is not the only slur that exists in our American vernacular, but Mm -hmm. it definitely is the only slur that I think... uh is a public space domain sort of slur. Yes, like, it's so definitely. commonplace to hear. Yeah. I don't hear Asian people uh, stripping the power out of certain slurs towards Asian communities and Asian people and taking the power back. I don't hear Mexicans stripping the power yeah. from their slurs. I don't hear Jewish people doing that. I don't hear Indian people or Muslim yeah. people doing that. It is very much uniquely an African-American um, Word, obviously, but also the way that we use it yeah, in public or in private. Has become sort of universal. Yeah.
1: Like I feel like everyone at some point, meaning not just black people, Mm -hmm. have sort of either A, said it, wanted to say it, or, and I think that's heavily influenced by the music. Totally. Definitely. Um, But whether or not, however, I just, you know, how you feel about it, I thought was, was an interesting question to ask.
0: Yeah, we're going to get to that. Totally. <laughs> I um, I think before I talk about why I personally don't use the word, uh-huh. I think it's it's important to maybe understand the etymology of the word first and foremost, and then how different generations of African-American people use it. Sure.
1: Yeah. OK, Let's perfect.
0: So the etymology of the word. So uh, the base word is negar or negar, N-E-G-E-R or N-E-G-A-R. And it's derived from the Spanish and Portuguese word for Negro, meaning black and from the now pejorative French term negre. So etymologically, negro, noir, negre, and nigger ultimately derive from nigrum, the stem of the Latin word nigger. So there's that. Uh, In its original English language usage, nigger, then spelled N-I-G-E-R, so it was just a one G word at that time, was a word for dark-skinned individuals. The earliest known published use of the term dates from... 1574 in a work alluding to the quote niggers of athop bearing witness so that was the first time that that word was actually put in print Hmm. for other people to read and essentially once once a word is out there people start using it and thinking that it's a commonplace sort of word yeah as we know it is a total slur but it's also a word that has a lot of juxtaposition Mm -hmm. because it was originally a word that And still is, for some people, a word that's used to degrade African-American people. Yes. In my parents' generations, that was very much a word that you never used. It was not a colloquial phrase uh, that was... Used to call someone friend The yeah, word that it is brother. now Or brother Yeah exactly me, Yeah you know. It was totally prevalent In the 50s and 60s uh-huh. But it was more A word of connection It was a way of saying I see you You see me uh-huh. We are African Americans We've probably lived Similar struggles Right And you are more to me than just a friend or more of a blood brother mm-hmm. relative of sort, even if we may or may not be uh actual technically related. Right, 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 Exactly. But then the word got popular. Some people attribute this popularity to Richard Pryor, uh, mm. and his common use of the word. I see. So I will explain more about Richard Pryor's use of the word in one second, but before that, I want to read a bit from a book I just finished. It's called Who's Afraid of Post-Blackness? What It Means to be Black Now, and it's by a writer named Torre. You may or may not have heard of Torre. He... Uh, Has had a pretty prolific writing career. He wrote for Rolling Stone and Vibe and Ebony and Essence. He is the host of uh, a show on Fuse called Hip Hop Shop and On the Record. He has a collection of short stories. He's written books uh, that include obviously this one. Uh, Another book called Never Drank the Kool-Aid, which is a collection of essays uh, and a novel called Soul City and another novel called The Portable Promised Land. So he does a ton of writing about the African-American experience, Uh uh uh, hip hop and how the two bleed into each other. He's a bit of a sociologist as well, um, but definitely a writer first and foremost. And so he in this book talks about the word nigga the Mm -hmm. more commonly colloquial version of that word yeah he um, personifies it in a really interesting way that i think could be a cool way to maybe uh understand and get to the foundation of this word as african-american people use it today i see so in this book he says if words were people nigga would be a celebrity a hugely famous and infamous (gasps) man Oh god, that's great English doesn't view words as gendered, but many languages do. And Mm. nigga's definitely masculine, given his aggression, his cockiness, his obsession with obscenity, Mm -hmm. his love of shocking others. Mm -hmm. Nigga would have presence and radiance and be a big and have a big reputation preceding him. He knows how powerful and how frightening he is. So he has a badass walk like Shaft. And when he enters a room or a sentence or a sentence, he easily dominates it. Nigga would be like Michael Corleone in The Godfather Saga, a criminal who says he's trying to go straight but is having a hard time separating himself from his history. He says he's trying to change to spread love instead of hate, but no one will let him forget his nefarious past, and secretly he doesn't want them to forget because his wicked past is what supersizes him. Interesting. It's an interesting way of personifying that word.
1: Yeah, but that's absolutely, like, all of that? Is all of that is is what I feel mm-hmm. when I either hear, when I've heard the
0: word. Right. It's it's spot on. <laughs> it's it's a really great interpretation of this word. If this if Nigga was a human being, he would definitely be a tough, powerful yeah. black man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much like the feeling of the word anytime I hear it said. So various generations of black people use the word nigga in different ways some african-american people use they employ the word as a way of stripping the power but also feeling empowered at the same time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it is a word that not everyone can use right Definitely. and i know that the common question that a lot of people have with this word is like what about using it in song like if it's in a song lyric does it really make a difference it's not yeah. that big of a deal right I am someone who says, yeah, you can't even say it in song if you're not black. Right. It's just one of those hot button words that other people can't use that we can. And look, among African-American cultures, there's a lot of words that we don't or can't use. Yeah. This is one of the few words that we actually can use and other people can't. Right. Right. When it comes to... White people going, well, how come we can't use the word? Why is it such a big deal? Like, hip-hop artists use it all the time. Yeah, like, white hip-hop artists use it. Definitely, which I don't agree with Uh at all because, Uh as I said earlier in the episode, it is a way to degrade African-American people. No matter how it's employed in hip-hop music, for me, anytime I hear a white person say that word, I am immediately shot back to its hurtful... Uh connotation it's degrading meaning and like the 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 essential malice that exists in that word right i think also when i hear white people question how come they can't use the word even if it's in song i stop and think about the person who's asking and i feel a little bit sad for them Mm. because white people in this world can do and say anything yeah they have a lot of freedom to use the English language however they see fit. Mm -hmm. So anytime that I hear a white person say, how come we can't use that word? I stop and think, hmm, you're not even thinking about the fact that there's a lot of words that black people can't say. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of places that a lot of black people can't go or choose not to go. Mm -hmm. White people have, part of white privilege is the freedom to do and say anything you want. Mm -hmm. If a white person can't say the word nigga, allow that to be... moment of insight for that person yeah it's a touch of oppression just a little bit of oppression it's a taste of the oppression that black people have felt for years Uh does that make sense yeah definitely like like white people have all this freedom that's part of white privilege african-american people don't have that privilege asian people don't have that privilege and i think it's a, a really interesting Uh, examination in what it feels like to be black in America. Just a touch of it for white people, Uh uh if that makes any sense. It does, it does. So there's the first way that African American people uh, utilize the word. Another way is fitting in. I know for me, growing up, the clearest difference between my white friends and my black friends was the usage of this word. It was hmm. like, well, what's the difference in the way that your white friends and black friends speak? And that was always the biggest difference. I see. My white friends didn't use the N-word. My Hispanic friends didn't. My Asian friends didn't. My black friends did. Yeah. And I would sometimes use it without thinking because it was my way of trying to fit in, of yeah. trying to be... right. Like these people that I thought were cool, yeah. and that I wanted to believe that I was cool, sure. I also felt like when I was growing up, using the n-word was a way of sh- of showing my blackness, like how black I was. yeah, yeah, does that yeah, make yeah, sense? Because yeah, yeah. yeah. there were still black kids that weren't using it, yeah. And then there were black kids that did. Right. And the black kids that weren't using it were often viewed as like, oh, you're whitewashed. Yeah. Like, you're not one of us because you don't talk like us. And part of talking like us is is using this Mm N-word. And I think a lot of people in my generation and probably older and younger feel like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This idea of if I want to fit in, then I've got to talk like them. And Mm -hmm. if part of talking like them is using the N-word, then...
1: Then you'll do it or you'll find yourself somehow yeah. slipping into a way or a style exactly. of talking and being that may not always be true to you right. Right, or your authenticity. Yeah. Which I think is interesting.
0: Well, because I would assume that for you it's it's language.
1: Uh, yeah. It, language and maybe like if playing off of the model minority, but it's just sort of like talking and living in sort of like an achievement kind of way. Right. Of like... You know what AP classes you're taking, what college yeah. you got into, what your grades are—sort mm-hmm. of the the achievement um, uh, steps of of how uh, how much pressure we have from our parents and our culture to be great. Yeah, totally. Um, that if you're not, yep, then then that's you know it can it, it, as 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 an adolescent. I think in our childhood, it's I used to find myself sort of like. Well, I'm not interested in that stuff. I kind of just want to like act or yeah, you know, I totally. just want to just not I don't I don't know. I I felt dumb at the time, but but it's but it's that.
0: It's it's fitting in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're a teenager and you're just like trying to find your footing in the world, you're going to maybe do things without thinking that when you look back you're like, "Oh, wait, why did I do that?" Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's all part of like learning and growing and being a minority in the world today. Right. right I think right. sort of akin to that. There's a rebellious aspect uh-huh. to that word. My parents didn't regularly use that word. A lot of my family's friends didn't use that word. A lot of my parents' friends didn't regularly use that word. But the younger generation did. And it was a way of being like, we're a badass. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like, fuck you. <sighs> not just to our parents, though, but to the American, but to America as a whole. Uh-huh. America has not been kind to us. Yeah, American promises liberty and justice for mm. all. I mean
1: the country was founded on religion and racism so it's it's still such a heavily prevalent topic that I think won't go away ever really I think it just it, it'll change and evolve mm-hmm. and I think as people become woke it'll it'll change and evolve for the better but I think it is something because the country was founded on that I mm-hmm. think it's sort of like the seeds of this country. Totally. You know, there's always so much controversy and, and war mm-hmm. and all this stuff over it, which is sad, but you see it. You know? Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah. And for a lot of African-American people, we have a very tough relationship with America. Yeah. Here's this country that's promising, you know, land of the free, justice, liberty for all, but not for us. Yeah. Not for not you guys. For you. I mean, I, yeah. think, I mean,
1: if we want to get really, I mean, sort of, going off topic here but like you know it's like you 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 allow immigrants to come in but then you don't want us. you know like it's really it, it confuses the hell out of mm-hmm. me because you open your arms you open your doors for us and then you don't allow us to succeed or you pay us less because of this or, you know, whatever the white hidden agenda is. It's mm-hmm. just it's very confusing. And, yeah. and a lot of times it's like the immigrants is what makes America great.
0: Definitely. You know? This was a land built on the backs of immigrants. A hundred percent. A hundred
1: percent. And so n- n- then you don't want to either give us credit or praise or or you know allow an environment or a sort of an open dialogue about all this stuff Mm -hmm. it it only makes sense why either people hate on us so much Mm -hmm. or why people just realize like you know there's no point in maybe wanting to change this country i don't know but definitely
0: i get i totally get you and i think the use of the word nigga in public spaces Mm -hmm. is a it could be a fuck you Yes. A fuck yes, you yes, to yes. the system that has forgotten about us. Yeah. Doesn't and value I think us. The,
1: there's like an awesome side of it where it's like, because you're black and because you can say it, like, no one can take that away from you guys.
0: Yes, people try to. They try to. But yes, you're right. Yeah. But I think all words have context, right? Like. Yeah.
1: And I, I also think it was, there was this big. Controversy. I remember with Oprah. I don't. I remember. Do you remember this? When huh, it was one? Oprah and Jay Z. It was her episode where Oprah had a problem with this word, I and remember she this. Had, it was a big deal, or I remember it being a big deal. And I remember she interviewed Jay Z, and o- Oprah was like, "I don't know, telling him how she had a problem with this because he was saying it a lot mm-hmm. or something like that." And he said, "You know, it's just the word. It just it depends on the meaning you attach the word." Totally. And I remember Oprah like. After she had interviewed Jay-Z and they had this, you know, open dialogue about the word and what it meant, it had a completely shifted her view of, like, she was attaching a lot of meaning to it mm-hmm. because of where she came from and who she is. And I get it. And it does have a lot of meaning mm-hmm. because it's attached to it. But I think in today's modern world, it's become very... If anything, there's been... That meaning has sort of been lightened on it because of because some people have said it so much. Okay. But okay. It's, like a, it's like a weird, like... I don't know. It's evolved. That's for sure. That's one thing I can say
0: Hmm. in in an
1: interesting way. Like evolved in the sense where like, Maybe people, when they hear that word, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily think of like what you guys have been through, but that it's like cool and new and. And see, awesome. I think that's
0: the problem, though, because I, I agree with what you're saying, yeah. and I think the fact that because it is such a commonly used word that people don't think of the hundreds of years of history right associated with that right. word, the years upon years and decades upon decades that African American people fought. Yeah, to have this word not used yeah. against them because it was degrading, they fought for their dignity. Right. I think that we can't forget that.
1: No, absolutely. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't condone forgetting. It. I think it's gonna like it's a tricky balance between remembering where it came from, and then like how it's used today and how it's evolved, and even just Black people in general. I think they have to like if they're just throwing it out there, they have to know also where it came from.
0: And I definitely you know? think African American people are considerate. Of whether or not they choose to employ the word and how they choose to. Right. And how they choose to employ it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the older generation might say, you guys employ it in too many public spaces. Yeah. You guys use it imagine. far too often. Yeah. And by using it far too often in public spaces, you are encouraging yes. other people to use it too. They're almost setting the example. Yeah, definitely. Right. And that is one thing that the older generation is not down with. Yeah, yeah. I can totally imagine that for sure. Right. Yeah. So along the lines of rebellion, it uh, it can also be a way for African-American people to carve out their space in predominantly white spaces. Yes. So owning their territory. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I, in preparation for the show, asked a couple of my African-American male friends who have done very, very well in life as lawyers. And ask them, do they still use the word? And unequivocally, the answer is yes. For sure. They don't bat an eyelash. And their answer for that is we have ascended in status. Mm-hmm. Like we started out very poor, meaning their families, mm-hmm. and they have grown in status. They've grown in socioeconomic background. That's awesome. And they still take immense pride in being, being black. black. And it's their way of saying, we're here. Mm -hmm. We are just like you guys and in that we are successful. Our money spends the exact same way that y'all's money does. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to be ashamed or changed in the way that we speak Mm -hmm. to make white people feel comfortable now that we are in this new. So these new social circles. I love that. Um, In the book "In who's afraid of post blackness writer and filmmaker Dream Hampton has spent several years living in Martha's Vineyard with very few blacks around and says, And find saying negative be very liberating out in their all white world. There are times when I'm in the vineyard, she said, and I'm totally rebelling against their politeness and their manners. It's not just a shock, it's a tool of resistance to their bullshit. Oh. Which to me is like, damn, girl, like you're in probably one of the whitest parts (laughs) of the US and you are proud af to (laughs) use that word and i think that that's great and i think that's really empowering
1: i also think there's something like because of how the media and hip-hop and uh, you know the rap culture has sort of embedded the coolness in this word yeah it goes back to our episode of like why black people are so cool there's just like this cool club there's this cool factor that like you guys will always have yeah because of that word that no one as an outsider, will never be because we're obviously never going to be black. So I think <laughs> there's something about that, like that, despite where the word came from and what it's done, what it what it, what what it means, and all this stuff. And I think if you turn it around, there has been some very interesting positive aspects to it. I can see that. Which I yeah, find really fascinating mm-hmm. from it coming from such a dark, troubled, oppressive era. Yeah, that now in 40, 50 years later, mm-hmm. it sort of has this sort of. Um, unique, individualized, um, meaning that you guys can now sort of like have as your own.
0: And I think that that what you just described is the use of word of the word "nigga" as a political tool. Yes, I think that that's what you're hitting on. Yeah. and Tori does talk about that as well. He says in his book. Everyone in my generation does not use nigga as a political tool, but it is one because we've used it so publicly, rhymed in songs and shouted on subway platforms, enforcing nigga out of close circles. That's how black people would use it in the 50s and 60s and into public spaces. We've carved it into a political tool. There's a certain gallows humor in our embrace of the biggest anti-black epithet. We're having a laugh at our status. We're acknowledging that we know the country sees us as monsters. And even though we think that's ridiculous, we see there's power in owning monster status, Mm -hmm. which I think I couldn't have put it better myself. Awesome. Like so eloquent. And I
1: think there is something to admire about that. Definitely. Because it's like there are people, I'm sure, you know, who who maybe want to be that that Want, want to feel what it's like to be not necessarily like that that's what it is but mm-hmm. like if that's the feeling that he describes of being monster like that i'm sure some people would have loved to either experience that or you know wonder what that's like but they'll, they'll never be able to and that of totally. course comes with the good and the bad of course Absolutely. What you guys have been through but uh yeah i do find it fascinating because i remember growing up and i remember like just in high school, like, you know, in the 90s, there was a lot of sort of like gangs with like Asians in where yeah. I was from.
0: And Ooh, we should talk about thugs, black yeah, and Asian. That would yeah, be an interesting episode. That would be. I
1: yeah. love that one. Because
0: I think that. People I'm sorry go ahead enough, Yeah, there's a lot like in prisons like there's a lot of crossover Asian, yeah a lot for um, sure
1: but anyways I remember like a lot of hearing a lot of Asian guys like saying the n-word and like you know they were badasses and I thought they were cool and sexy and like it was just like really fast and then all also knowing already at that time being like that's like kind of taboo not okay yeah it's like you know can you say that why are you saying yeah and then i'd see them and then i'd see them saying it with their black Mm -hmm. with their black gangster friends and it would it was fine Mm -hmm. and they they didn't have a problem with it and essentially maybe they were like you know brothers and so it was fine but just you know observing that and seeing what that's like and that it happens everywhere um, I mean, you know, if you just take the music industry, for example, um, yeah, you know like, totally it's, it's just it's really, really interesting, but the but just seeing how the word has evolved mm-hmm. in today's world is like the ultimate sort of um journey
0: I right think. and I have African American friends that use it in an, in a really endearing way, huh and like, it's in a like real or a really captivating way. their use of the word nigga is very pointed. It's, it has a reason. It's not just like, what's up, my nigga, as if to say, like, what's up, my friend. Yeah. They use it in a really eloquent way.
1: Huh. That's awesome.
0: And whenever I hear those people use the N-word, I'm like, ooh, should I? <laughs> and I'm like, no, like, mm, no, my my blackness and the way that I Boy. am black is different than the way this person yeah. shows their blackness. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think like I think blackness Is different to every African American person out there. And I don't think that the use of the word, of the N word, is universal.
1: No, yeah, I agree. And also the fact that you didn't grow up saying or hearing it a lot, I think has a lot to do with the way maybe that you don't or use the word. Totally. Um I remember I went to theater school and we had a lot of black students. And I remember my first um group of roommates um in my dorm there was this black girl and she would just like she would throw it left and right and at first I like wasn't I like I I'd feel a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know? And And then, it's a word
0: that can make a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: and then being around it so much, I sort of, sort of, sort of started getting used to it, and it was like it was just so interesting to see my journey of like how at first when she started saying it, I just would be in like a weird place, and then it almost was comforting.
0: See, I don't know like, if I like that because I know cause it sounds like she used it so often that she normalized you to it. Yeah, and in a way, she desensitized you to she it. She did. I mean, I'm more, I'm
1: very aware of. Like, oh, yeah, my definitely. journey about it, but definitely, but it was just interesting. To, because she was also so super funny, so then it became like like she would just crack me up. Like I would just always like she was very awesome, like f- a funny girl. And so, but but ha- being so uh, close, the proximity of that word to someone that I knew was an interesting experience for me. I and totally so, get it. I, that was just, I mean, that's how this all started. Because I was like, hmm, I don't think we yeah. We've ne- we've never talked about this. Mm-mm. I've never asked you. I've heard you say it like once or twice, but like I've never. You know? It's not
0: like a regular thing that I say.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I've been around some black people where I've heard it a lot more. Same here. And, Definitely. Um, and then around some that... Like, I remember this other girl, too. Was, um, she I, she... I don't think she ever... She's, she never said it. And then I heard her say it once, and I think she was, like, mad. And I went, oh. oh. I was completely, like... Was she talking to another black person? I or? think maybe she was talking to her sister. Or she was talking about her mom or her father. Mm. And then I remember... Like at that moment Because she was kind of whitewashed And she was like Came from a really nice Like privileged family
0: And it was I don't know It was just me It was a way of separating Her from
1: them Yeah Yeah and then at that moment, I remember thinking like, "Oh, this girl's black." Mm-hmm. Like I almost had forgotten that she was black mm-hmm. because her essence was very just, um, you know, well mannered and well cultured, and not saying that you know that black people aren't that, but it was just very. I got that her essence was just this regalness and this like, you know, uh, kind of uppity, and that I, I've I've lived a, I mean, <laughs> I've lived an easy life. Okay. And so when she said that word, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like this girl, she's mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> she still so, she's so has it somewhere.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean. It's interesting that you say that because one of the main reasons that I don't use that word is because I do think that some African-American people have a way of utilizing it in a way that separates us and them. Yeah. And for me... As an African-American woman, we are all one race. I yeah. am no better than and no worse than an African-American person who stands opposite me who has had a different set of experiences right. and struggles. It's just
1: like with Asians. It's like I am. you're not more Asian than me because you went to Yale mm. and you have a PhD and you're also a piano prodigy. And um, you are the perfect firstborn male child, you know, like yeah, you know. But they're like, I get it. Mm -hmm. You sense of like, oh shit, they're like way more Asian. They're like the awesomer Asianer than I am. Yeah, totally. And it's a
0: funky feeling. Well, yeah, because it's like a sliding scale. Like, well, okay, well, what does it mean to be black and to perform blackness? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And it (laughs) sounds like this girl's definition of uh not performing blackness is not using the n-word until she's really angry and angry with someone of her own kind. Yeah. That the the performative whiteness drops and like the Completely. real black girl comes out kind of yeah. a thing. Yeah.
1: Which is it's like the, the the facets of Of being human and
0: a minority Mm -hmm. and seeing all of that sort of
1: come through and shine and all that stuff for
0: sure yeah and i think the 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 example that i just gave in terms of like using the word to to differentiate us and them is probably Uh the number one reason that i don't like to use it Mm -hmm. i don't want to feel disconnected from people in my community Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. think that White America has done a lot to already separate out black people and categorize them. I,
1: agree, yeah.
0: I don't want to further that within my own race. Yeah. Just because I am a college educated black woman who didn't grow up in a certain neighborhood, who maybe didn't have the traditional black stereotypical family upbringing. Yeah. I am in no position to say you're a nigga and I'm black. You're low class and I'm not. Yeah. Who the fuck am I to be like that? Yeah. Um. And so I do think in that, in that way, that word is really divisive. Mm. And it's one of the reasons I choose not to employ it. Another reason is because I think to use that word, you disrespect the hundreds of years of history that black people that uh, of the black people that came before us Mm -hmm. who fought for our rights Mm -hmm, who fought mm -hmm. for our dignity who fought for us to have the the opportunity or the option to ascend in this world Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I think that using that word thumbs my nose up at all of those people and all their hard work
1: Uh, it's a respect thing I see like I'm not going to disrespect
0: people that fought for me to have a better life by not by not using the word, I see.
1: So for you, it it, it really comes from a place of respecting mm-hmm. the history and the past, and um and that, that that would be that's your authentic uh feeling about it, and that and that's why.
0: Yeah, totally. I also don't want to be desensitized to the implications that that word has. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that word is yeah. completely degrading. I don't right. want to be desensitized to that. Yeah, there, I don't derive power from using it yeah because i don't feel powerful
1: when you do use it right and i'm sure some a lot of black people do
0: i'm sure yeah and all power to them to take this word strip its power and feel powerful using it like i get it yeah no disrespect to those people i'm just saying for me personally in the world and in the way that i live my life I don't find it powerful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel like I need to use that word to let white America know that I am here and I am worthy and I am able and I am not um, sorry for taking up space in the world. It's just not. Your, it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just don't like the way it sounds. Mm. It's a real, it's a harsh-sounding it word. It doesn't sound pretty. I no. think as Tori said in his book. It sounds very masculine. Yes,
1: it's it, he's a guy and yeah. he's strong and he's not afraid to 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 tell you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I do think there is a difference in when black men say it and black women say yes. I do think that there's a bit of a gendered thing going on there. Yeah,
1: because generally, when I think of it, if if I were to hear it just right now in my head, like I I, th- I think of a man saying, "Yeah, you hear a black man's yeah, voice." I don't I don't ever hear a woman. Definitely ever. not. And if I do, maybe it's like she's like screaming at her child.
0: Perhaps. Perhaps like, that's but it's not like a delicate not a docile all. word like it's you don't ever not say that, that, at that. All, yeah, yeah, yeah at all yeah, yeah. I and agree. i also just don't think it sounds that intelligent no is that taboo maybe it's an unpopular opinion i just don't think it sounds yeah, just
1: there's there's a connotation to it that you know maybe brings maybe a lesser lesser class to it that's a good way of, of putting it yeah i do think yeah, it signifies more yeah. A little bit, which which also I think mainstream hip-hop hasn't helped in that direction in a way because they've popularized it in a way where it has become so, I guess, mainstream and common. That is true, yeah. Which I can see that there's... You know, there's. It's just. A, it's just a fascinating like dynamic that. Because I mean, I think that's the one word. Like you don't hear people talk about like crackers and chinks and beaners you in that way. You don't. You really know? don't. That is the one word that well, sort yeah. of bleeds through society and cultures and music. Because um, black
0: versus white is the ultimate racial difference. Yeah.
1: It is, but also, ultimately, I think, in hip-hop and in rap, you guys are the gods of that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, it only makes sense that that word has just been, you know, I I get it.
0: Hip-hop made inner-city broke youth money. Now, I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, hip-hop, that was shaped and funded by the crack epidemic. (sighs) And to those people, they're not wrong. Like, with the crack epidemic, money flowed into the inner city these young black kids or teenage black kids that would not have had an opportunity Mm -mm. to be anything in life yeah whether you agree with drug sales or not they pour that money that the crack epidemic brought into those communities made it so that those young boys and girls could be businessmen
1: yeah definitely
0: could be producers yeah and
1: i I think it was such a dark like like struggle not like just the poverty and the, mm-hmm. I just like seeing kind of no way out that within so much hardship yep. that there has to be s- out of that hardship came out these it's like you know it was poetry mm-hmm. and it was and it was beautiful and it was you know um, spoken roses that word. grew from concrete exactly. yeah exactly mm-hmm. and it and it came from a place of darkness which that's what art's all about definitely and so. There is this sort of, I think, artistic element to how that word has been sort of where it came from. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just, you know, NWA and all of that stuff. And so it just, it's, it's, I've always found it really
0: fascinating. Same here. Yeah. All that said, if you are African American listening to this episode, (laughs) you have full range to use the word or not use the word however you see fit. If you see me on the street, do not expect me to use the word. But if you use the word around me, I will not shudder and shake because your version of blackness is a little bit different than mine, but I see you, and you see me, and I respect and love you. Awesome, guys.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for
0: tuning in. Yes. Uh, The book I was reading from was called Who's Afraid of Post-Blackness? It's by Torre. If you're interested, check it out. It's an amazing read. Other than that, this episode is produced by Christian Humes at Zeitheist. I am Alana Webster at Renegade of Fun. I'm Jacqueline Chung Young uh, on the gram, and you can find this podcast at Black and Yellow Podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm.
1: We're also available on iTunes and Spotify. So check it, check us out, rate us, leave a comment, any concerns, questions.
0: We'll chat with you guys next time. Alrighty. One love, stay woke. Bye-bye. Bye guys.